0: G'day everyone, Sean here. Just introducing this today's episode. Uh, <laughs> Eric and I talking about the best films of 2017. We were talking for a very long time. I had a lot of films to mention, and I've had to split this episode up into two parts. So this first part is the best of 2017, honourable mentions, and then from ranked from 20 to 11. And the part two will be movies ranked from 10 to one. This is part one. Enjoy. G'day everyone and welcome to another bloody movie podcast. I'm Sean Coates. Thank you so much for joining in joining me today Uh, Flubbed it already. Happy New Year, everybody (laughs) 2017 is all over and it's and you know what that means best and worst movies of the year time Which is what we're doing today. We are going to be recording two episodes with my good friend Eric Tischer
1: G'day. How are you all
0: doing? He is returning guest and uh, um, well O- honorary co-host or spiritual co-host? <laughs> or maybe right? the co-host the Shepton area? Yeah, yeah. So today, this is this is our best movies list. Uh, we we've got a lot to get through as well because this year has been fantastic for films. Yeah, Sean, really you've really been prob- busy watching a lot of yeah, films. Yeah, it's probably one of the best in recent years, I mm. would say, because there's been such a great mix of great films across a whole like variation of genres as well mm. i mean and you just happen you just were so unlucky to have to go through the hell that is year 12 this year yeah and what was such a good year
1: for movies i mean i had to be I had to be a bit more careful for uh, what i wanted to watch i didn't have as much spare time as i as i could have had
0: yeah, it's a shame. Yes, it's a shame, but ho- hopefully you'll catch some more on, you know, when they're on DVD or on streaming, yeah. or maybe even there's a lot of a lot of Oscar contenders that are about to come out now. That year 12's all done and dusted. Yeah, I'd probably you check go, out the what, Oscar Except Davis, none of them are in yeah. Shepparton, though. Almost none of them are.
1: Oh, well, I mean, I have enough time to go to Melbourne and mm, check them out. I know.
0: Well, Shepparton has more important movies to play, like the Jumanji sequel. <laughs> I saw that, that. I haven't seen it yet, but I just had a look because I was looking at what to see when I came home. Mm. And Jumanji is playing like six times. Really? A day. Jumanji six is playing... Six times a day? Almost six times Jesus. a day. I'm like, what the hell? Geez, they have nothing else to show. Uh, I know. <laughs> well, there are a lot of people just like, I'll see anything with The Rock in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh i mean look i like the rock too but god he needs to fire his agent he really does oh. yeah, I, I mean I, actually I think he, i'm sure he's fine don't do not worry do not worry about dwayne johnson he's fine i
1: mean he's he, he's fine in his his uh adventurous film roles uh he's like action films or wherever he does uh comedies or whatever but I mean, uh, there there will have to be a time where he mm. have to step up his game and try something new. I'm
0: sorry, I just don't want to see him in Kevin Hart ever again <laughs> in a movie. <laughs> I never I saw that, can't. but that looked hilarious. I ju- no what like really?
1: Yeah, well, in a so it's bad it's terrible good
0: sense. No, I thought it just looked what you thought it was just straight
1: out terrible. What well, they, I, they I didn't CGI see Central <laughs> Intelligence, but it looked awful. D- Dwayne Johnson's face to a kid that was retarded what 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 are they doing it looks bad Uh, I thought that when I first saw the beginning of the trail for that film I thought my god is Dwayne Johnson playing a fat kid but (laughs) 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 but then it turns out that it was just you know what
0: we should do we should sneak into a screening of the second of the jumanji sequel <laughs> with our podcasting equipment sit right up the back and just we've been talking about doing a commentary on this show for a while <laughs> and we should just do a commentary on that film like mystery science theater th- style that would be that would be great idea. Like, awesome just i mean set up a
1: camera in the back and you have i mean a dark we'd be silhouette. the biggest
0: assholes ever but
1: <laughs> oh let's hope let's hope that we go to a screening where there's like no one there's there there's no one there's there, like there. The last go to a screening.
0: sold out showing and just or her just to out. whip <laughs> out the pod I mean we'd be thrown out of the theatre almost immediately just dragging this equipment yeah, into exactly. it yeah exactly I mean <laughs> the,
1: the the audience members wouldn't want to tolerate us
0: well no and then we also think that we might be pirating the film too yeah oh <laughs> uh, well Alright, so today we're, Eric and I will be recording our ep- uh, an episode talking about the best films and the worst films of 2017. The worst films will be a separate episode that we we're going to record in about two hours time. But for now, we're going to get straight into the best films of 2017. As said... It's been a great year for movies, so Mm. much so that a top 10 list just wasn't enough for me this year. And I've got a shitload of honorable mentions as well. So I've actually done a top 20 with 11 honorable mentions. So that (laughs) tells you the caliber of film that were coming out in 2017. So we might as well kick it off. And Eric has seen my list because I put this up on my social media platforms and my letterbox Yeah, I've given it a quick skim. Yeah, it's alright. So, starting off with honourable mentions, um, we spent way too... I remember when we did this last year, we spent way too long talking about the honourable mentions, so I'm just going to quickly yeah. run down... I'm going to just explain them briefly, but I'm just going to talk about our honourable mentions. So, the first honourable mention is... Two anima- um, two animated films, I'm going to say, for the honourable mentions is the Lego Batman movie and Disney Pixar's Coco. Uh, did you see any either of these films?
1: Oh uh, no, I haven't. But I've heard good things about Coco.
0: Yeah, Coco is fantastic. Like it's, uh, like it's Pixar, so you mm. really know what you're getting into. But I mean, good quality animation. Oh, brilliant be animation. Like and and brilliant art design too. Like the work because it's about a kid that um that gets transported to the land of the dead in order to find out his the the truth about who his parents really are, and. It's it's a really beautiful film, but the world that they create for the Land of the Dead looks fantastic, and I also, was, yep. Sorry.
1: Oh, so um, so how do, how does the world look fantastic? Do they do they make some kind of strange surreal fantasy?
0: Well, world? it's kind of like it's. Did you see the movie that like the the best way I would describe this film is this it was a mashup between the Book of Life and Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh like, yeah. Put those two films together and you get Coco. Yeah,
1: I can see that. Yeah,
2: mm. yeah.
1: I, I haven't seen the Book of Life, but um, I could I could sort of see that with its aesthetic because it's mm. uh, they're they're both inspired by um, Spanish culture. Yeah, the Día de Muertos. Yeah, American Day of the, the Dead.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was a really, really fantastic film, and like uh, the the way that, and speaking of what I said with like why it reminded me a little bit of Kubo and the Two Strings is the way that the film integrates music into oh, it as well. Really? Because the whole the whole thing is because uh, music ruined his family like oh. th- generations ago, and this young boy Miguel, who is the main character of the film, he like idolizes the the musician who was in their family that like completely destroyed their family. Mm. But, Bec- and he really wants to become just like him and be like a great musician, but like music is banned throughout his entire oh, family. Gee. So yeah, it's a really, really interesting and beautifully, beautifully done animated film. I mean,
1: I've, I've heard from uh, from people of the Mexican culture. Is it set in Mexico? Yes. Uh, they, they've told me that the film is quite respectful of their mm. cultures. So. And
0: also, great thing about this film, o- an almost entire Latino cast
1: yeah oh well, that's oh, good almost actually i heard that there's a there's a spanish dub for this film is there really but yeah i'm pretty sure oh that's that they, they that's fantastic that that so they animated spanish so well. they
0: spoke in spanish as well or they just oh, dubbed I'm not, it I'm with not
1: too sure uh, really but i hear that there are two dubs like I, i'm pretty sure that they would have actually changed the animation so it would fit um oh, spanish dialogue that's
0: fantastic but yeah t- tops to pixar for casting a pretty much all latino voice cast for the film hmm. I think I think there's just one because I think John Ratzenberger has to do a voice in every single Pixar movie. Yeah. But apart from that, I think yeah, and the other other animated film I talked about was the the, the it's an honorable mention is the Lego Batman movie. Not as good as the Lego movie, but mm. god, especially after the um, the raging uh, dumpster fires that were the D, that have been DC movies. <laughs> it has been so funny to just watch this movie hang so much shit on it. Especially, I'm surprised that Warner Brothers even allowed this to be made, to be quite <laughs> honest. Like, this movie makes fun of Suicide hey, Squad. Maybe, maybe yep. Warner Brothers are
1: aware of their films as being terrible. Oh, well. <laughs> they, they they just know... What they, they just know that they make a
0: shitload of money, so they, they just... Yeah,
1: <laughs> they, just they, they just know what things will just pull in an audience, and they're just making mm-hmm. that the audience... They're, they're, people
0: come and watch their films regardless of the quality yeah I guess so. So that's another honorable mention. I really enjoyed as I said, not as good as the Lego movie, but I absolutely loved watching it another one uh, another honorable mention is a film called other Life which is which I saw at the Melbourne International Film Festival and is now streaming on Netflix actually so you could watch this right now and I would highly recommend doing that. This is an Australian kind of sci-fi film oh. that.
1: Is it, is it similar to um, what was that other Australian science fiction? Pre- predestination?
0: Uh, well, this one looks more like more at virtual reality, so instead of oh. time travel, this one is. But I like, mean,
1: it, like the, the quality of filmmaking, is it? Yeah, it's very,
0: it's like, low bu- low budget and really, really creative, kind yeah, of.
1: Because Predestination had a very good production value for its uh,
0: budget. Mm, yeah. And this was shot in Perth too, which oh, really? I which was r- a really awesome. And because I actually got to speak with the director Ben C Lucas um, after the film, and uh, he was saying how like he chose Perth specifically because uh, it's pretty much like an, an insert, s- insert city here, like it, it, it's not not generic, but it like it looks like almost mm. like a city of the future in a way, or like a city that's on its way to becoming like this yeah. really futuristic city which i found was really awesome and i really just love this film because uh what it looks at like the basic premise is that there's this um uh, biological software that's created by uh the main character ren called other life which is like these eye drops that you put in your eyes and like they make you have experiences so like you can drop in an eye and it's like you have it you're either going snowboarding or you're climbing a mountain or you're doing all this other stuff so it's yeah, generally the virtual reality stuff, and she creates it because her brother's in a coma, and like she wants him to still, you know, feel as if he's living while he's, mm. you know, a vegetable. But then her business partner uh, wants to use this for like because also with this drug, uh, it's like Inception. So like a minute or like a couple of seconds oh, with the drug is like so a couple of days. T- time commi- yeah, there's like huge time differences with the drug but and he wants to and he wants to use it for like prisons for to get people to like do like prison sentences like years of prison sentences for like minutes pretty much <laughs> and then she's like so there's a bit of a moral dilemma there and then something really horrible happens and then it just goes like haywire from there, and it's a really, really well made. Like it's probably science fiction, low budget science fiction. I find is probably some of the best science fiction because yeah. it really restricts their yeah. artists, and it like forces a lot of creativity. Yeah, really, really restrains sort of their uh,
1: this the spectacle of the film, so that they'll have to instead of focusing on making a big, loud picture, they'll have to they'll have to focus on making the details more nuanced and sort of precise. That'd be more. As you're, you're right. that to be more careful with they with how they spend their money. Yeah, and, and that c- they that could open to uh, them, uh, filming things in a in a way that they wouldn't expect if they had a higher budget. without a, right. they would think of doing it uh, in a more traditional sense.
0: All right. Uh, the next couple of films uh, that are honorable mentions are. Uh, We've all talked about it on, sh- on, a- on the show before. Emo the Musical. This is a really, oh, yeah. really, 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 really fun... It's a really fun Australian film. There's some really great uh, acting from some young Aussie actors. It's a really, it's really, really well done script as well. The songs are really catchy too. It, it's such a really good movie. Please check it out. If you want to hear my more detailed thoughts, check back to a couple of episodes ago when I talked about it and it was my Aussie movie of the month. As with this movie, Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, easily the best Spider-Man movie since... Um, Spider-Man yeah. 2 yeah you can easily say that easily like did you end up you. seeing it have you seen yeah it? I have seen it actually what did you think
1: uh, I thought it was fine hmm. I think it's a it's a it's a solid
0: superhero film um yeah. well, a lot of these Marvel movies are really starting to blend together but mm. Spider-Man Homecoming felt, like, even though it's a lot of what we've seen before of Spider-Man, it felt... It's got a bit of a fresher uh, mm. style taken
1: things with the high school setting, which I thought was nice. I guess it was a good idea um, to, to make the, f- the film feel more youthful. Mm.
0: It's very true to the comics as well, because, you know, Peter Parker isn't meant to be played by a weird man baby, Tobey Maguire, so... <laughs> Yeah. Toby <laughs> or was or, or, funny in the last or Weird Man Baby Andrew Garfield, either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, anyway, an- another honorable mention. Another film that we talked about on the show. I'm pretty sure we talked about all these films in the same episode 20th Century Women as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this, this film is okay. fantastic. It has some it really, really great screenplay and mm. uh, an outstanding performance from Annette Benning, and is just. A film that just felt so authentic and so real that I loved it. Did you end up seeing it after No, it? I
1: haven't seen it yet. But I'll, when I have the time, I'll, I'll give it a look. Yeah, definitely give it a look. Just and like I'll, some of these other honorable mentions. Yep.
0: And also, uh, fuck UE1 for making me wait six months to watch this fucking movie. <laughs> God, cunts. Uh, another film. Uh, this is an honorable mention. A film that I actually saw at the Melbourne International Film Festival. Again, uh, Ingrid Goes West. Uh, so this is a film that uh, I, when I actually saw it, uh, the director retweeted at my my tweet praising the film, which <laughs> I found was pretty cool. And this film is basically like single white female for the Instagram age, so <laughs> it's. Pretty much, like, Instagram stalkers going to the absolute yeah, extreme. I hear it. it's, a,
1: it's a very interesting character study. It, it's
0: a scene. really, really interesting story character story. study. And Aubrey Plaza, she kind of ditches her, like, queen of deadpan, like, mm. the thing that she's really known for. And she is brilliant in this film. Like, her character is so unhinged and just so maniacally just... Not evil, but, like, just... Sort
1: of, uh, what, like, careless, sort of arrogant? Yeah,
0: and... Yeah, and but also like th- what film? What this annoy? What me a little bit about this film is that like as I understand that you're trying to say that this character's a little mentally unstable, mm. but uh, and so the open up the, the film opens with her in a mental hospital. But I'm I'm just thinking to myself, if you put Aubrey Plaza in a mental hospital. I'm just going to be thinking of Legion, like that's all that's going to happen.
1: Oh, I can't remember the Legion. Legion, the yeah, mar- the, 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 ne- the TV show.
0: Oh. The okay, yeah x-men TV show Legion yeah. she's in that and like a lot of that show takes place in a mental hospital that was a bit distracting but Ingrid goes West was a really really awesome dark comedy that I think
1: yeah I hear good things about it
0: yeah um another honorable mention uh Brigsby bear now this is um actually produced like what I, why I really wanted to see this film is because the concept of the film is absolutely brilliant I think like I I so brilliant that I actually really don't Want to say anything about this film because it's better off get you going in knowing absolutely nothing. All right, have you haven't heard of it? I I've heard of it. I don't know anything. So about yeah, it's though. it was written by uh SNL um, cast member Kyle Mooney, who is re- who writes a really really awesome screenplay and also is great as the lead character. And the film was also produced by the Lonely Island which, oh. like, I am a huge fan of The Lonely Island. That's interesting. And, yeah, and Andy Samberg also has, like, a small cameo role in the film, too, and he is, like, for the two minutes he's on screen, he's fantastic. And speaking of uh, psychiatric hospitals, he's his scene is in a psychiatric hospital, <laughs> and it's awesome. He's just it's, doing it's, Andy Samberg stuff, it's, and it's, it's great. It's almost
1: like a yearly theme, just having a scene set in a psychiatric hospital. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so Briggsby Bear, it's it's really, really, really original script and, like, very nostalgic to, like, very kind of, like, 80s feel to it. And another thing as well, uh, Matt Walsh, character actor Matt Walsh, like, he's been in a hundred things. Like, you wouldn't know, <laughs> like, y- if I told you who Matt Walsh is, you wouldn't know who he is. But if I showed you a picture of him, you'd be like, oh, that guy, he's <laughs> in this film and he, has a, he is brilliant. Like, he plays, I, I won't do, do, Talk about his character, but like he is just fantastic in the film as well. Uh, so, will you check it out?
1: Yeah, I'll give it a look, even though I don't mm. know anything about it. I yeah. mean, I'll, I, I Mark like Mark Hamill's in it too, so it's fantastic. I, mean, I like going into a film blind, and considering that you're saying that's it's better to, to go in knowing nothing for it to be a big surprise, mm. it, it really, that really makes me interested.
0: Mm. It's like a lot of people, I will just say this it's like mm. if. Like This is the best way I can describe this film. It's like a mixture of Be Kind, Rewind and Room. <laughs> that sounds it's amazing. an odd combination and it's amazing. That sounds amazing. All right, uh, next one. What I think is one of the most underrated films of the year, Borg v. McEnroe. Now this, as the title may suggest, this is a biopic about the 1980 uh, Wimbledon final between Bjorn Borg and John McEnroe. And this movie is very melodramatic and can feel like a bit of a straight-to-made-for-TV t- movie, but I was hooked. This movie just had, and I knew nothing. Like I knew who John McEnroe and Bjorn Borg was, mm. but I knew nothing about this game. And whew, the the entire, pretty much the entire third act is just the Wimbledon final, oh really? And it is breathtaking. It is probably like tennis is a is a very difficult sport oh, to yeah. make engaging in a film. And we had two films this year that did it really well. We had this and another film which would probably be another honourable mention but because we really need to get through this Battle of the Sexes. That was another film. I heard about that. That was really good too.
1: So how how would they edit the tennis game? I'm curious how they would do it. I I can't remember seeing a, a tennis film in recent memory.
0: Yeah, I know. The way they do it, like, they do have, like, a lot of, like, one... But that, that's what fascinates me and why I really want to check out, like, the behind the scenes of how they actually film this, mm. too. Because it's such... The, the the tennis scenes are just shot so well with, like, a mixture of just, like, long, like, you know, full-court shots with, mm. like, you know, like, mid shots with them hitting the racket, yeah. hitting the balls and I'm, I'm like curious that.
1: as to... Would it be a mixture of them filming them play a tennis game and then, mm. then they'll do shots of just them doing an individual hit, which mm. would probably be the close-ups...
0: And also the performances in this movie. Uh, The Swedish actor, Zvair Gunnarsson, I hope I pronounced his name right, because he plays Bjorn Borg. Not only does he look almost exactly like Bjorn Borg, he is amazing in this film. Stellan Skarsgård as his coach is also really, really awesome. And look, maybe it's just because I haven't seen any Lars von Trier films, but it was nice seeing Stellan Skarsgård using his actual Swedish, like speaking Swedish in a film, like in his native language. That was pretty cool to see. And I also got to mention, like this guy, Shia LaBeouf as John McEnroe. That is perfect (laughs) casting. If I had ever saw it, you get one of the like an actor who has just been so like revered and like hated on from one Mm. of the most boisterous kind of loudmouthed uh figures in American sports and he is just amazing in this film. Like yeah, he I mean having
1: such casting like Shia LaBeouf and Skarsgard it makes you wonder if uh, the the if Ron Tree could have filmed this. Oh, again, that he, would a, be weird. That'd be weird. <laughs> that would be very weird. Because you're getting a lot of uh Ron Tree collaborators. Yeah. It's it's, it's <laughs> But it's almost like he could have made the project himself yeah, and <laughs> would have made it some Dogma
0: 95 film. Yeah, then Charlotte Gainsbourg just shows up and is like, what? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but yeah, Borg V. McEnroe, no one saw this movie. This film... Did it tank? Oh, it's... Here's the thing. I thought it would have got more traction, but I don't know anyone else that has seen it.
1: Yeah, because I, I can't remember hearing people talk about it either. No, no.
0: It's it's a film that has been very overlooked this year. And look, I, a lot of the complaints I've said, that they've said it's very melodramatic and a bit over the top and like a lifetime film. But like, have you ever seen a sports movie in your life ever? That's exactly yeah. what they are. Yeah, they, are, they do seem to be quite similar to mm. each other. Yeah, and this this is definitely more about, not, not necessarily the rivalry between the two of them, but just like how similar they really... Like, they couldn't be... Like on the court, they couldn't be any any different. Yeah, they they are complete polar opposites on the court. But like what the film does really well is just sh- like show that yeah, the, how similar, similar they, they really are. So, oh, yeah, that's interesting. I have, I really liked it. Is there any more honourable mentions uh, here that we haven't Detroit, said? Yeah. Detroit, <laughs> the final honourable mention. Who and this would be number twenty one. Oh easily. really? Yeah, this film. Catherine Bigelow, she got copped a lot, bit of heat for making this film because you know a white woman that's getting on sick that's nearly sixty, is making a film about one of the worst racial uh, abuse, the most racially hate-fueled uh, events in modern American history. Mm-hmm. But pff, fuck, you think she did this a great movie's job? intense? Like seventy-five percent of this movie is the actual the actual riot the actual well not the riot but like there was this event where there was a shot fired from a house like someone shot fired a shot from a house and a bunch of police thought that that was like Like a shooter yeah so they fired a blank out of like a window of this house Mm. and a bunch of police officers came and pretty much just said who fired that shot they got everyone in the house to pretty much line up against the wall and it's like Someone's gonna tell me who fired the shot, or we're gonna slowly, one by one, kill all of you. Ooh. It's. I mean, you say hell, it really happened. Yes, th- th- it's one of those movies. Like you get movies like this every now and again, where you're like, "This is this 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 happened." Mm-hmm. What the fuck, America? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! And another something that's, and, oh, fuck, this movie kind of left me speechless, and I'm. <sighs> like, have you heard anything about this? Uh, uh What, the film or the yeah, event? Yeah, the film or the event. Ah, uh, no. Well, I've
1: I've heard about the film, I think, being quite well-received, but yes, I did hear about the backlash mm. about uh, uh, people not liking the idea of Bigelow Manning the Project.
0: Well, M- I, Manning the, oh, project. Woman Ta- hel- the Project. Helming, Helming. Helming. Um, You're getting hate comments from feminists now, Eric. No, I don't give a <laughs> shit.
1: But yeah, I don't know much about the actual event. So I, I think I'd probably um, yeah it, have a look at the, the
0: history before. I... Mm, it, it it's it. such a really intense, very hard to watch at times films. And again, it's like unbelievable that this really happened. The film does like what kept it off my list a little bit is because there are a couple of flaws. Like the film does drag on a lot towards the end. Like so after the after the event, it look, I I think so because I'm um, out of nowhere, like at the because this movie is nearly, nearly two and a half hours long. At like the hour and fifty minute mark, John Krasinski is introduced as the lawyer, like defending the cops, and I'm like, oh, okay, this this yeah, is happening. We're doing this now. All right, <laughs> all right. And there's also like an animated seek like title sequence that feels really, really out of, pl- out of place. Like, like yeah, tonal? it feels really out of place. Oh gosh. Well, it's not really a title sequence, but it's like an opening, uh, like an animated opening. Like it did, like, it's not cartoonish or anything. It just felt like not this movie. Yeah, But yeah, Detroit is still a film that I really highly recommend. That's why it's on the Honourable Mentions. And we might as well get straight into the top 20 now. Honourable Mentions are done. Top 20. And this is another film that we can quickly flick through because we've talked about this on a previous episode too. The Australian documentary, The Family. This film is fucking bone chilling. And again, like what I was saying with Detroit, this feels like yeah, some. It, it, this feels like something out of science fiction, <laughs> but this really happened. Well, like, oh, and I'm surprised that something like this actually happened in Australia. Yeah, this and just like down the highway from us too. Yeah.
1: this sounds like something that would have happened in America. Not to, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but you, you do get
0: more uh, cult activity in
1: a place like yeah, America. I know, but
0: and as I said in the episode, I think I said I think I said when the episode when we talked about this, I said it, it was as if that Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey need to be investigating <laughs> this buddy cult. It was insane. Like yeah, insane to believe that this actually happened mm-hmm. and in Australia. It's a documentary that I think that nearly all Victorians kinda need to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's it's
1: part of our history now. I mean, the subject matter is very interesting. It is, we, yeah. We haven't really had like a a cult that has been this strange, really, just in in recent memory. Mm.
0: Yeah, so it's out in DVD now, and I think it it might is surely surely Netflix should just buy streaming rights to this because this is a film that could just absolutely dominate on Netflix. I feel.
1: I think you're right about that. When they put it on Netflix, it'd do really well over yeah. here.
0: Or Stan, give Stan some love. <laughs> <laughs> or or just rent it and give money straight to this film.
1: I mean, it, I think it'd be worth the rent easily. Mm, rent it on iTunes that, or it, it's that, it's that, it, it seems that interesting. I haven't seen it yet, but um, I just I just know from the subject matter and from that episode uh where you were discussing the documentary itself, it seemed really bonkers. Mm,
0: So check it out. It's called The Family. It came out in like February this year. It premiered at the Melbourne International Film Festival in 2016 and it was part of their um, premiere fund. Mm. So, yeah. I loved it. Next film. Okay, look. Look, Star Wars fanboys, you're the fucking worst, okay? (laughs) Let's just say that here, you're wrong. You're wrong about The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi was such a really, just... An interesting change of pace. And the same... Look, the same fucking people that said that The Force Awakens was too similar to episode four. You're the same fucking people who think that this is too different. There's no middle ground for you guys, is there? Everything has to be either the best thing or the worst thing in the world. Nothing can just be okay. And I've, I've talked about this extensively on two different episodes. Like, my opinions vastly changed when I watched this on a second viewing. It got so much better. A lot of the character arcs were just absolutely fantastic like the, the the way that this movie just further develops their characters as well I think it just goes in a really interesting direction especially Kylo Ren is I'm sorry Darth Vader but he is the best villain in Star Wars we've had mm.
1: oh, I don't know about that Well, he's a lot he's so a lot more he's so much in this film than the last he's one he's so least. much
0: but here's the thing Kylo Ren is so much more complex than Darth Vader
1: hmm I mean, I don't think Darth Vader needed to be complex in the original films because they're a lot
0: simpler. Yes, not. But I also love how this film is pretty much just all about failure. Like yeah. nearly every character arc has something to do with failure, and Yoda in his Oh, spoilers. Sorry, but spoilers for Last Jedi. Yoda's in this movie, oh, and no, no. <laughs> y-
1: Yoda makes a uh, nostalgic return. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, I actually, I, I actually kind of love Yoda's scene now. Like, I found it a bit jarring. Like, at a bit like, wait, what? Well, Yoda's still in this. I
1: find it kind of jarring. I mean, I know that it was wedged in there, but at least at least it Mm. was a puppet. Mm. I mean, when they introduced him, he looked like it was CG, but then
0: it was was for the rest of it. (laughs) It was weird. And, but what I also love about that in, in that scene, Yoda even says that failure is the best teacher. Like, Mm. and that just adheres to the whole theme of the movie, which is all about failure and learning from it and becoming a better person in, like as, as a person and as a leader. And so, so well, and look, there's a lot of really dumb stuff in this movie. Oh, There's, yeah. This movie has plenty of flaws. Leia flying through space—that's dumb. A lot of the <laughs> Canto bite <laughs> stuff—that's really dumb. Oh yeah. Roe... look, okay, spoilers again. Let's we'll just skip skip ahead a little bit. Rose um, coming in and saving Finn from sacrificing himself, and dumb. saying the most worst line in Star Wars history—that was weird. That was bad. Mm. But I'm sorry, everything else, it, the 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 good outweighed the bad so much with this one. I mean. I
1: I can't necessarily agree with you. I didn't really like the Last Jedi that much, but I don't think I don't think it's as terrible as uh, most would say it is. Oh, everyone, I, mean, I didn't I, I I didn't I wouldn't expect too much from from it anyway.
0: Yeah, well, here's the thing. I think a lot of people, the majority of Star Wars fans, like this movie. It's just that oh, well, it's just that it's, small fucking toxic minority. It's, that it's, just... It sort of
1: reminds me of the with um Batman vs. Superman where that, there was that small minority of. Uh, of people that was that thought there was nothing wrong with the film.
0: Oh, you mean? Well, we'll get to that.
1: And then later, but <laughs> oh, okay.
0: <laughs> no, no, continue what you were saying. But
1: oh, well, it sort of remind me of uh, of of uh of that group of people that. Was it was it them that or maybe it was with Suicide Squad that made, they made that stupid? Oh petition.
0: fuck me, that petition! I mean, it, it was it was, after
1: suicide, squad, well, it was after suicide Squad. I was after Suicide Squad. Oh my god, that was very silly.
0: <laughs> I, I still <laughs> refuse to rewatch Suicide Squad. Yeah, that yeah, movie, it's, it's pretty rubbish, unwatchable. All right, next film, another film that we have talked about oh, on yes. this show, and you saw it. You it, have, uh, seen, it, you have yes. seen it, Hounds of Love, the Australian horror film. Well, would you classify as it
1: a horror film? No, not really. So I'll y- just say a gritty drama.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, I think in my uh, like in my written review, I said it was a horror film. but
1: Well, there are parts that the audience would find quite shocking. Yeah, so I mean... So you can see a class of just being this is, horrific. Yeah,
0: this is definitely not for the fate of heart. Like, nah, It's quite grim. It is quite grim, but it, I just... And what
1: I like is that it could be quite grim without being... Too overly graphic. Yeah, it, it that's what I think. The the film isn't that graphic. It's not like graphic. It's very effective with the way it's uh, mm. with the way that's uh, directed and edited.
0: Yeah, and first time director and editor Ben Young. Editor, sorry, your writer and director Ben Young.
1: Yeah. You Gee, that's a, this is a strong debut. Mm, I think I he's mean, I have ma- high hopes. I, I think he's actually I
0: think he's actually doing a disaster film that's coming out this year. I think it's well, called Extinction. I think it's called Extinction. I haven't do heard you, a whole think lot it'd about
1: be it. As hounds of love?
0: No, no, <laughs> definitely not. But yeah. yeah, so you you enjoyed this one? Oh yeah. I mean I mean, I mean this isn't great. really a film that anyone can enjoy like i think if you Uh, i think if you enjoy this movie you need psychiatric help Uh,
1: (laughs) i wouldn't exactly say that but if if you if you really can't handle stuff uh, involving sort of sexual abuse and and sexual predators or anything like that Mm. just you should miss it and you you probably shouldn't bother with it yeah and also
0: if you're a dog lover too don't If you're a dog lover and you think that there's going to be a scene that might upset you, just fast-forward a uh, three-minute scene in this. Th- fast-forward through a three-minute scene in this movie. I mean, the acting is very The acting. Stephen Curry. Oh, ca- Australian it. character was, actor Stephen he Curry. He was
1: brilliant. I, I, I love he, it when an actor does something, an actor-actress does something out of character. <laughs> they just do something completely different to what they usually yeah. do. And it was a brilliant villain. <laughs> it, it it sort of reminds you of... Uh, was it Henry Fonda in uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. When oh. He pops up, you're
0: like, oh, shit. <laughs> He's not a villain. What's he doing in a villain's role? It's like, yeah. it's like
1: this with uh, Curry.
0: Yeah, Curry is fantastic in this film. And as I think I said in my written review, I can never watch the castle and look at Dale Kerrigan the same way <laughs> ever again. Fan th- like, okay, I fan fucking, theory. Fan theory. Hounds of Cale, after the Dale castle. Kerrigan grew up to be this character yeah. in Hounds of Love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh wow! But yeah, it's it's a really intense, very uh, as you said, like it's an intense and very kind of gritty film that like doesn't rely on like it doesn't
1: it, rely on shock
0: value, like yeah. just graphic it's, it's imagery. It's not an exploitation film or anything. It's not gory uh, that much.
1: It's n- not really at all. It's it, it, a lot of it's heavily implied, but it's just it's just
0: it's shocking enough to pull a punch as if you did see it really. Mm. It's a hard one to recommend because it really comes down to like how much you can handle. You can in a handle film. the
1: subject matter,
0: really. Yeah, and I guess some of that would probably go for this film too. Number seventeen on my list is uh, the Safety brothers' oh, good, time. "Good Time." Yeah, Did you the, see this one? Yes, I saw this and I really uh, enjoyed it. Was it a good time? Yes, I thought it was a good time. I mean, but here's the thing: <laughs> I mean, it's too. It's too like. The amount of sarcastic peep like film reviews that I've said that Good Time was a good time, <laughs> or that it wasn't a good time, or it was better than a good time. Okay, It's was a good time to watch, but for the characters, it wasn't a good time. It
1: was, it was the oh, complete no, no, opposite.
0: No. Absolutely not. And I just got to say the irony of the title. I just got to say, on behalf of film fans and film critics everywhere, Robert Pattinson, we forgive you for Twilight. Oh, I mean,
1: <laughs> he he's done much other. Uh, he's done many other films since I know, Twilight. but
0: he is I mean, electrifying is. in this film. Is. I completely forgot he was British while watching this. His American accent oh, yeah, is bearish. so good. It is good. And... His character, like his character, is so unlikable. Mm. But he's, but his character is an he, absolute. Seems he seems to
1: sort of channel this kind of strange charisma that makes you still want to stick with him. I know, th- even though just, he's a complete. You just prick.
0: gravitate towards him when he's on Cause, screen. Cause that's
1: the th- that's the thing throughout the whole movie. He's just fucking people over just to help his brother out. Mm. But then the 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 hilarious thing is that he really fucked his brother over by involving him into the. Uh, the crime at the beginning of the film in the first place. Mm.
0: And this film on a technical level, like, I oh, really... I really impressive. love... Like, the Safety brothers, they're... Like, what they do a lot, and what I have think with their... With, with what Heaven Knows, or Heaven Knows yeah. What, their film's... A so nearly every single shot is a close up of someone's they, face. They have a
1: very unique style. Like they, it really,
0: they, it really helps the actors' performances because it just shows all the tiny little subtleties and yeah. the micro expressions in there. Well, I I, I, I,
1: I like the new style. It's very different. I don't see anyone else just having a strong focus on uh, using close ups. I think it was the, it was even stronger in Heaven Knows What, but with this with this film, we would get. The occasional nice vista of the city,
0: because mm. it's set in New f- York, from what I remember. Oh, I can not exactly so. remember where it was set. I think it was,
1: but there are some. Fin- there, there, are, you can get some fantastic, um, uh, lo- location imagery when they're just driving along the highway, and there's this like, amazing shot where they catch the. Uh, the amusement park.
0: Oh, the, the entire sequence in the amusement park and in, like, the ghost tunnel that's, like, all yeah. the fluorescent light, like, has all the UV lighting. <laughs> yeah. And they get the guy... Uh, and yep. it, the security guard is the dude... They get the pirate from... Cap- <laughs> yeah, it was the pirate from Captain Phillips was the security guard. I would have loved it if um, Robert Pattinson just knocked him out. It's like, I'm the security guard now. <laughs> Look at me. I'm the security guard now.
1: Uh, yeah fantastic film good yeah time. fantastic
0: film it was a great time and it's, and it's one s- of
1: those films that are that's now in the category of film that takes place well almost takes or, place over a night
0: yeah and also the ne- like the neon drenched kind of backgrounds mm. of this film and the score from oneo oh, yes. point never i have listened to it so much it's since it's what-
1: got an amazing electronic soundtrack it's fantastic like it's so it's so energetic. It really gets mm. you energized when um, crazy stuff is happening on the
0: screen. Yep, I will say like I didn't enjoy this film as much when I initially walked out of it. Mm. But this is one of those films that just has kept with me. And the more that I think about it, the better it gets. And the more that I want to rewatch it. So much so that I keep listening to the score. I keep watching clips of it on YouTube that are available, mm. and it's awesome.
1: Yeah, it is. I, I think it's, it's really, and, really good. Yeah, and I think
0: this is the first entry of what I think will be many for A24 Studios, which is <laughs> one of the... they they make some fucking fantastic films. Yeah. yeah uh, next one, and another A24 project, I'm pretty sure. Yes, A24 have a couple in a row here. This is Sean Baker's film, The Florida Project, coming in at number 16. Now, are you aware of Sean Baker's work?
1: Uh, he made Tangerine. He made Tangerine. You, you saw Tangerine. I haven't seen. Well, Tangerine, tangerine Or well, Florida
0: project. I, I didn't think Tangerine was as amazing as everyone was, was making interesting out to be. At least. I thought it was interesting, and I really, really admired the fact that the whole thing was shot completely on iPhone sixes. I think mm. using Filmic Pro, which is an app that I've actually used for a mo- for my own um uh, mobile phone film, mm. and Yeah, it's a really like and that and I also loved what like what Sean Baker does is that he makes movies about communities that you really don't see a lot of Mm. in any like anywhere. So like uh, Tangerine focused on like the transgender community of LA, which I think was which was a really really interesting and something that I'd never seen before. Like my problems with Tangerine was that the lead character was incredibly insufferable. Like the the actress was fine, but. God, her character is the most annoying thing on the planet and is just like, you're really making it hard for me to care for you right now because you won't shut the hell up. (laughs) But no, The Florida Project is easily one of... the. It's such... Sorry, I'm just trying to get my notes. I'm just trying to open up my notes, but it's definitely a huge improvement on Tangerine. The acting... Like, he gets such... Real authentic performances out of his actors. Oh yeah, I
1: heard. I heard the, the acting is quite strong. The acting Defoe is, is really good. Uh, great. W-
0: Willem Dafoe is awesome in this film. He's just such a likable presence. <laughs> like, because he's the guy that like manages the hotel. Yeah, and he is just like like because the film focuses on like a bunch of kids in like this really tacky, cheap hotel yeah. in, in Orlando that's, like, right in the outskirts of, like, Dis- of Disney World in Orlando. And the, f- the whole film is told through the child's perspective, which was really, really interesting because, like, they see, like, this really almost... It's kind of like their magical kingdom. It's <laughs> uh, but, So you see all these kids, so there's, like, this child, like, innocence to it and, like, wonder in this really, really shithouse place <laughs> that's, like, full of crime and poverty and just, you know, rednecks and shit like that, so... It was a really, really interesting it, it film looks to like watch. It has a very interesting uh, visual style to it too. Yeah, oh, the the cinematography is fantastic, and especially I mean, the like use of color looks all quite the, nice. Uh, there's a lot of really nice kind of pastel looking colors. A lot of like really bright, like hot kind of yellows and pinks, and it and a lot of really like light blues as well. Mm. And there's especially one shot where the where the kids um acts, where the kids um because the kids in this film. All the, this is some of the best child acting I've seen in a film, ever. ever really? Probably the the lead actress. Uh, I think she's like six years old. Her name is Brooklyn Prince. Mm. Like at the start, I'm like, oh, these kids are a little bit annoying. But as the film got on, I'm like, shit, these kids are fucking great. <laughs> and that really, really says a lot about Sean Baker and how he's actually able to direct to, children. To, to direct children. Very challenging. It's extremely challenging. It would be. And but as I was saying, there's an amazing shot of this film where the kids they shut off the power to like the entire hotel Mm. and there's this like shot that has literally the entire like you can see the entire hotel and the shot is just you slowly see people coming out of their door, like coming out the front door and saying, Hey, what the hell's going on? And then they're all yelling at each other and then you see Willem Dafoe like storming out of his office, he's like, I'm fixing it, I'm fixing it, all right? Just shut up. (laughs) It's great. And oh he it's just I just wanna gush more about Willem Dafoe in this movie. There is a scene where, like, the kid, there he's painting the hotel, mm. and, like, there's a, there, all the kids are hanging out somewhere, and a pedophile comes up and, like, oh. tries to talk to him, and the way that Willem Dafoe deals with this pedophile, it's the best fucking scene in the entire movie. Oh. Like, he's like, hey, man, he, like, he goes up, to him, he's like, hey, what are you doing? He's like, uh, uh, I came to get a soda he's like, you came all the way to a hotel in the middle of nowhere to get a soda. He's like, uh, yeah. He's like, oh, well, the soda machine's over here. And he's like, he's like talking to him. He's like, we'll get you that soda. <laughs> and like this, the pedophile's like looking back. He's like, da, da, da. <laughs> And oh,
1: then God. like he
0: finally gets his soda. Like he gets his soda. He's like, thank you. He starts walking off. He's like, aren't you going to drink that? He's like, you have, you seem to be very thirsty. Aren't you going to drink your soda? So as soon as he opens it and drinks it, he smacks the soda out of his hands. Like, get the fuck off my property, you pervert. It's amazing. <laughs> It is easily the best scene of the film, and it's awesome. And also, just with this, how I was talking about like the pastel colors and like the tackiness of this world, the location scout and the production design hmm. for this film—they deserve a goddamn award. It re-
1: it re- they—it looks like they really utilized the location. Like they the... utilize
0: the locate because it's it's as I said, like the all this is all like yeah, on a bunch did... of really kind of really cheap, kind of ghetto, really really tacky kind of hotels. Like that are sub Disneyland. Like <laughs> not even like like they per they like uh, there, there's so many like massive oversized gift shops with like <laughs> giant like wizard statues and things on them with like Disney sale or like Disney merchandise for sale at discounted prices. <laughs> it's really awesome and it kinda just says like about the Florida and like how everything is just kind of very extravagant there. Mm. And but then also but,
1: but, but uh, what's strange that they're
0: living in this sort of dump. <laughs> mm. I know, but th- there are a couple of uh, very... Uh, uh, th- what, what keeps this film a little bit down is because uh, the ending is a little cheesy. Oh, like, I heard about this. So, th- the ending, I won't spoil exactly what happens, but the ending is kind of, I guess, an homage to Tangerine because the entire thing... And because I looked in the credits for this film, Filmic Pro showed up, because the, fi- the final scene is so clearly shot in an iPhone... And I get why he had to do it because the location, anywhere he went to, would never allow you to film there ever. Oh, okay. So, and but then I'm just did like, he do that seems Disneyland. Yeah. Oh. So mm, it has something to do with a Disney property that they go they go onto a Disney property, and I'm like, look, I appreciate that took a lot of guts to do, and I'm glad that you did it. it seems, but it seems it seems really kind of it didn't fit. It didn't really. I, I don't know about that. I but mean,
1: I, I guess you could sort of see them sort of uh, peddling some kind of uh, message it, about Disney in the film. I don't know because I haven't seen it. Because you mentioned uh, a lot about Disney,
0: like it's never but explicitly mentioned. Yeah, but, but I was it's about just to
1: say like it seemed like they handled that all with with more subtlety than mm. r- instead of right at the end making a huge loud message that felt, I guess, maybe tacked on to the ending. Yeah. Like, like maybe the film really ended earlier, but he just threw this in here, just just to, just make sure that yeah you n- notice that he was talking about Disney throughout the rest, or throughout the uh, before the film.
0: All right, and yeah, but it's a film that is just absolutely beautiful, and I'd love to watch it again. I think this film is re- will be really rewatchable. I mean, as it goes on. I
1: wish I had saw it because it looks quite mm. interesting. Well, if
0: it's it's playing in Mel- it's playing like nationally at the moment. Like not in Shepparton because Shepparton don't like playing. <laughs> the big chain theaters don't like playing uh, independent films. No, it's not 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 marketable enough for them. Unfortunately, no, definitely not. But uh, that's a shame though. Yeah, they really should branch out
1: a little bit. It'd be nicer than take r- risks occasionally.
0: Yeah. But so number fifteen, which is another A twenty four production. Do you want to read what it says on the poster for this film?
1: I did not hit Oh, hi, Mark? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep, so number 15 is The Disaster Artist, one of the best comedies of the year. And I love how this is actually a film that is getting awards buzz. Like, the irony of this film. <laughs> a film about the production of one of the worst films ever made. It reminds you of that
1: biopic Ed Wood that was made by yeah, uh, Yeah, it does. Tim Burton.
0: It's, it's a lot like... Does uh, it have a
1: nice sense of style I mean, to it? Yeah, though? well, here's the I thing. I have seen the, here's disaster the thing. Artist. When it
0: comes to directing, James Franco is no Tim Burton. But as an actor, like, there's nothing real special about the direction of yeah, this film. Yeah, heard it looks because pretty- James, well, here's the thing: James Franco has made like fuck. He, he's got four films coming out next year. <laughs> he has four oh, wait, four films that he's directing. Four films that him. he's directing. Oh, that's gosh. coming not, out not next year. Not a surprise
1: year. knowing how how he seems to make films. Yeah, he he, really likes he's definitely, film he's definitely
0: he's definitely more of a meta on send director. More of a workman like nothing yeah. really special about his direction. He just works really hard. Mm. But something. But as an actor, holy shit! He did you see this? No, I haven't seen. He it. nails everything about Tommy Wiseau. Everything, like even you think so? the, the droopy left eyelid, like the <laughs> the, the accent, the laughter, <laughs> everything about Tommy but, Wiseau. Um, what do you think nailed. of the rest of the casting? Like? The rest
1: of the casting. Well, because because. I, I know he likes to... When he makes a film he like this, he likes to bring his friends on. Mm.
0: Well, here's the thing. Dave Franco plays Greg Sestero pretty well. I um, think And so? at the screening I went to, I was lucky enough to actually... Because my screening... Yeah. I, I went to an advanced screening which had a Q&A and an uh, introduction from Greg Sestero who wrote the book mm. The Disaster Artist and played Mark in the room. <laughs> and I was lucky enough to actually meet him. Yeah, before before the film, um, I I got to the cinema early, and then they're like, "Oh, Greg Sestero is in the bar signing signing autographs. If you want to go in, so I went and bought the book of the Disaster Artist, which I'm reading right now, and it's such, <laughs> it is so crazy. Yeah, but and then just I got to I I got to spend like five minutes chatting to Greg Sestero, and it was awesome. And you better believe when I met him when when I first came up to him, I said, "Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> I I might have said, "Oh, hi, Greg," actually, but. <laughs> It was great, and I remember as soon as I t- went up to him, he was like, "Have you seen the room?" I was like, "Yes, it's awful. No offense." And the, the I, I I I can't forget this. He's like, "At what point did you think it was a bad movie?" Uh, <laughs> from the beginning. <laughs> I, I, I I said I said um, as soon as the first twenty-minute sex scene, uh. St- Ended, <laughs> or no? As, as soon as that started, and there's an amazing scene in this film, which I guess it's a little inaccurate because instead of Tommy Wiseau slowly realizing that his film is oh, of, yeah, about this, it, it just kind of all happens at once. Yeah, it kind of but, all happens
1: with one screening, which
0: is very strange. Yeah, which is a bit it's strange. Like Condensing a lot of time there. It was, and but what I love about this film, like it's one of the, I think it's the staircase sex scene from The Room. Uh, they're they're, they're watching in like the premiere and it cuts to the actress that played Lisa and she's just like it's still going (laughs) well I heard a funny thing with
1: the making of The Room is that they I think they only filmed like Oh wait, that's right. With 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 Tommy Wiseau, she only filmed one sex scene with him. So whenever they did, mal- whenever yeah. they cut back, it was just yeah, the same yeah. footage over and yeah. over. It was quite funny. Yeah,
0: and as I said, James Franco is fantastic. And despite like I, this movie could have just easily just been making fun of Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, they really. But what this movie him. does really well is it really really humanizes him. Oh, that's and good. It has the movie has like it's weirdly inspiring as well because the message of this film is pretty much like hey, do what you're passionate about. Don't listen to what everyone else says. Do what you're passionate about, and you know, may- maybe you'll make something great,
1: or maybe not. Or well, Maybe not. Uh, who cares? At least you've got to make what you wanted. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a film about following your dreams and not letting anyone stand in your way to do it.
1: So, would you say that this film is more enjoyable to watch than the room itself? Oh,
0: for sure. Uh, really? Well, I- okay. I think the okay. Here a we go. Here role. we go. Better film, absolutely. But here's the thing: I haven't watched the. R- I've only watched the room once alone, and oh, it was. And it was it, the indeed. morning before I saw. It was the same day I saw the Disaster Artist, oh. and I was the amount of times I'm just like, "What is this?
1: Like, it's, what it's, is happening? It's, it's high tier entertainment value, yeah. is what it is. I, I need to go
0: to a screening. Oh, spoons!
1: insane, throwing <laughs> spoons in the air. And everyone's just like, oh, hi, Mark. Or they'll be throwing, like, <laughs> Rudine balls <laughs> down, down the lane <laughs> of the cinema. Oh,
0: wow. Well. i got to go to them. Lenovo the in Melbourne does them, and I really yeah, want to go watch it's it. It's pretty crazy. All right. Uh, this one is not an A24, but apparently, number 14, this film, uh, I think it was at uh, Sundance. This premiered at Sundance, and there was a bidding war between a bunch of many different studios to get the rights to this oh, film. Oh. And Amazon won, they paid $12 million for distribution rights for this Gee. script, which tells you how much th- this film was really good. And that is the film that is based off of the real life of screenwriters Emily V. Gordon and Kamal Nanjani, The Big Sick. Hmm. Have you seen this? No, I haven't. Oh, the big sick! This I've gets heard good f- things. About. This hits you right in the in the feels, as they would say. Like right. Kamal Nanjani plays himself, and like I'm a huge fan of Kamal Nanjani. Yeah. Like he's the only reason why I would consider watching Silicon Valley. Like I really want to watch it. And apparently, he's
1: fantastic on that show. He is good in Silicon Valley. I haven't seen too much of it though.
0: His thing. I've heard him on a lot of podcasts. I've seen him on like a lot of. Uh, he he's done so many like guest roles on a shitload of TV series as mm. well. And I think his stand-up comedy is also really funny. But, yeah, in this movie, like, yeah, based on his real life as well, this is such a really heartfelt kind of... It's a film that's really kind of has some really, really dramatic scenes but also has some really, really hilarious jokes as well in it. Oh, right. And, yeah, and... Yeah, because... And a lot of the scenes is him, like, doing, like, comedy sets and whatever. And another a, a surprising uh, supporting actor in this movie, Bo Burnham, has a small role in this film as, like, his comedy friend. And he's just doing Bo Burnham jokes, and that's fantastic. <laughs> and... But, uh, as well, a lot of the acting in this. And uh, the, you might have heard a lot of buzz about Holly Hunter and Ray Romano in this. Oh, yeah. they Were they great in that film? Well, yes. And, well, here's the thing. The last thing I saw Holly Hunter in was Batman v Superman. So, like, I was just... A- as like so this is a real step up, real step up, and like I forgot that, like I'm like, holy shit, Ray Romano! Even though you were stuck on a shitty sitcom for like twenty yeah, years, he, you're a really good, a good actor. <laughs> you are an awesome actor. He is fantastic in this film. There has been some really, really awesome performances from uh, uh, what's his face from um, uh, supporting actors this year. But what I really annoyed about this film. And I guess this is topical because at the at the time of recording, the Golden Globes is actually currently on, uh, is currently running right now. Right. Uh, we yeah. should probably put uh, put in updates for what's been winning just for just that. Like chuck a stream. Yeah, chuck a stream or something, or just like a, tw- a Twitter feed a that's second. covering the Oscars. But yeah, this film was completely shunned from the ho- the Hollywood Foreign Press. Completely shunned this film, which I found really surprising because I thought this was the kind of film that they would just completely eat up. Like, this would... I thought this easily should have been nominated for, like, you know, Best Comedy or Musical. Like, because looking at some of the films that are nominated for Best Comedy and Musical, I'm not sure if they're comedies. Like, some of them are... They're very dramatic film. It's like the whole thing with what happened with The Martian. That film is not a comedy, but because it has some comedic elements in it, it was nominated for Best Comedy or Musical. But The Big Sick... I don't understand... Sorry, a little interruption there, but we've uh, th- we've we've just had a look at the Golden Globes uh, uh, that have currently been handed out, and there's some pretty good ones so mm. far. I
1: mean. We have a, a best supporting actor win. Yeah,
0: Sam Rockwell won for three billboards, which I think is a very well deserved film. Like, that film didn't completely work for me.
1: Would you want, would you prefer someone else to win instead of Rockwell? Well, here's I the mean, thing. I mean, I don't know the. the here's the
0: thing. I thought, well, because Willem Dafoe was also nominated as well. You think I'm like, he should have I'm like, Army Hammer was also nominated. Like, it could have gone either way. Mm. But Sam Rockwell, like, he was fantastic in three billboards. Mm. So, anyways, no I'm. Well, there's an actor that I'm going to talk about that really should have been nominated, but we'll get to that later. But as I was talking about the big sick, I highly, highly recommend this film. It it's very rare that a uh, romantic comedy like a slash drama is even competently made or even watchable. So for a film like I this, I mean, I like the the Paul Thomas Anderson
1: romantic comedy.
0: Oh, uh, is that the one with Adam Sandler? Punch yeah. drunk love. I have not seen that. I've heard it's great though, and it is the only uh, only good thing that Sandler's done in years <laughs> except I've heard that uh, he's good in that uh, Noah Baumbach Netflix movie though from what I keep hearing about well, The Ma- the Meyerwitz Stories I think it's called
1: oh well considering it's Noah Baumbach you could probably uh, get a good performance out of him yeah definitely
0: alright number 13 so see The Big Sick Num- see all of these movies on this list by god uh number 13 is the only film that in 2017 that made me cry both times that I saw <laughs> it. I knew that the thing was coming. I was trying not to. I was yeah, like I god I, I, I damn guess it, you can you say it's a real tearjerker. This it time. really was. And now I can't listen to that goddamn uh, Sia song without bursting into tears. Oh. So thanks a lot for that. But god, Lion. And I've actually seen
1: Lion. You have seen it? Yeah. It's the
0: best Australian film of this year. I can well,
1: I can't think of anything else that they could surpass it. Really, though, that has uh, been made by Australia mm. this year. Yep,
0: and another another first time director, Garth Davis. Mm. This is so well shot. And speaking of like tr- um, working with children as well, like in child actors. Oh yeah, the child Pawar, so kid that plays young Saru, he's amazing. He is great. He is so good, for and especially for a kid that that knows very little English as well.
1: Mm. It was. I think the acting over the board yeah. was quite great. De- Dev film, which, Patel is which,
0: fantastic,
1: which is what made it uh, such a uh, mm. emotionally driven uh, drama.
0: Yeah, and Dev Patel's Australian accent too. Mm. It's really good. Oh yeah. And what else about this film? Nicole Kidman in a small role as well. Like she yeah. she really yeah, leaves in a an mother impact, role though. At, she
1: in a mother role again. Mm. Soon we'll be talking, of, well not soon, but later we'll be talking about her mother role in another yeah.
0: film. I mean, oh, and and well, she's had, she's on a little bit of a like a little bit of a comeback stretch here because she had this. She had a yeah. film that we're going to mention. She also was in uh, Sofia Coppola's *The Beguiled* as well. She was fantastic in that film. Oh, I haven't *The Beguiled*. Is that any it's good? good? It's good. It's uh, good. Didn't quite make this list or the honorable mentions, but I would still definitely recommend it. Mm. And it's Sofia Coppola, so you know what you're getting into.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah, the line, it's just such a really good story about like, Saru Riley's story is just so inspiring mm. too. It really is a story of just persistence and never giving up, even was, when everything is based lost. It's a true story, it is well, a true it's really story. Happened. Yep. This really I mean, happened. And apparently um, Saru uh spoke at uh like my, my my sister's university. He did a talk um at, at uh La Trobe Union Bendigo. And my sister said that he was just so fascinating to listen to. Yeah, I mean, his, his, his story and his
1: life story seems really interesting. And what mm. we got from Lion is, I mean, it's sort of hard to believe that uh, it actually happened, that this mm. man managed to track down uh, where his
0: uh, his parents, his
1: parents uh, lived, or where he, in where he was ti- born, In this tiny, small little village, ir- in, village
0: India. in India. And then he's gone all the way to Hobart in, yeah. in Australia and living there. But yeah, I adored Lion. Like... Uh, if this had came out in australia in 2016 like it would have like it may have been way up there but because this <laughs> this because this year was so good and so many other really great films came out before this like this that's why it's a lot lower here on this list but yeah easily the best australian it's still film a good year. watch oh it's a great watch too it may uh, uh, you will cry you will cry though i didn't cry well you you have no soul <laughs>
1: Yeah, I guess you're not wrong there.
0: All right. Uh number 12 on this list. One of the most divisive films of the year. Look, with yeah. most with most films, I don't really understand why it's so divisive, but that's maybe just because of my ignorance when when someone says that they like this movie or this is a good movie, I'm like, "Well, you're wrong." Or like, <laughs>
1: "Oh, I mean, it's it's an interesting case really because yeah, you would have Aronofsky fans that yeah. They, they enjoy the his work. And then you would have some people that would sort of enjoy uh, this film in particular for yep. a similar reasons by the Aronofsky fans. But then you have those people that despise Aronofsky, Aronofsky's work because they, yep. f- they find him too pretentious. Yeah.
0: Here's the thing, though. Uh, what, uh, what I was saying, I, I, I don't understand why some films are so divisive. With this, I completely understand. If if, yeah, if you, you hate really this film, understand. I completely understand. So you've seen Mother? Yes, and I don't. Oh, like wait, it. Oh wait, no, not Mother. It's Mother. Mother. Because <laughs> yeah. it's exclamation point. It's it's lower and exclamation point. So you did not like this movie. No. All right. De- defend. Why why didn't you like this I, film? I I found it's
1: uh, the film's biblical references and its allegory to be a bit too blunt. Yeah, it was, but I mean, it, this it, is, it's, Aronofsky's like this anyway. Mm. Really? Well,
0: I like Aronofsky's p- perspective. Like a lot of his movies have very heavy. Really? Re- he's got an interesting visual style. He has a very interesting visual style, and I, and despite a lot of his films having very heavy religious overtones, mm. he's a very notable atheist when it comes to. Oh yeah. That's when it comes to cool, his yeah. religious views, and look, all of the symbolism and all the religious and environmental allegories. Super obvious, I mean... I mean, take it how you will. (laughs) I mean,
1: some people, they wouldn't give a shit about that, but someone like me, I'd want more from Aronofsky. I I I can see that. I I really want him to push himself some more. I really can see that, though, but... I so, of, I'm not going to tell people not to watch it, but I I'm hmm. just going to say I didn't like it. Yeah,
0: well, like with Hounds of Love, this really just comes down to personal, like like yeah. if like how much you can handle with this. Yeah, film. So I guess it can get a bit extreme. The third act of this movie is utter it, insanity. Yeah, it, it gets, it goes bonkers. We it shouldn't, goes, we shouldn't say anything about it. It goes completely shit nuts, like remi- almost like neon demon levels of crazy. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, I I that that doesn't bother me. Uh, just, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I like it that Aronofsky would go crazy in in his, um, in his big, um, b- well, what would you call this? This, it's not a blockbuster film, but it was had uh, a well, wide release. That's what his I'm big wondering. Wide release film.
0: That's what I was wondering. Like this film was it's just a pretty ballsy, yeah, ballsy movie. But it was just dumped in the middle of nowhere. Like at the be- like mid September. Mm. Like this was just dumped in the. In the film, in the space where films go to die, <laughs> I'm just like, why? <laughs> yeah, weird place. I the thought Buddha. this would have been an Oscar contender, and maybe, and I guess now it's being released too early. It was released way too early. It's getting no consideration for anything. Yeah. Like even though I think that Javier Bardem and Michelle Pfeiffer definitely deserve nominations for this film. Yeah. Javier Bardem is fucking terrifying in this film. <laughs> yeah. And who's a, he's essentially playing God? Basically. Like, yeah. And Oh, he is just unbelievably like, terrific. I think I said terrifically terrifying in my written summary of it. And and Jennifer Lawrence as well. She's just, she's, she's fantastic. I, I think she's really good in this movie. And the stuff that she has to go through in this film as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, she does go through a lot. It sort of hmm. reminds you of um, oh, who was it, the French actress in Possession. Oh, s- no, 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 no. No, I haven't. Oh, shit. she had to do a lot of crazy shit. Although it probably would have been way more intense, um mm. considering that director. And
0: also I don't know about you, but like I found this this is this for me, this is the fucking scariest film of the year. Because well not uh, scary, but this is no, I, the, I the most it's disturbing most shocking, I guess you can say. No, but most the most disturbing. The, the most disturbing in that what happens in the third act of this film. Like I, I won't yeah. go into too much detail, but honestly, a bunch of like thousands, literally thousands of strangers coming into your house trashing and stealing and looting your house and with no reason whatsoever Mm -hmm. that's my own personal version of hell (laughs) like i
1: mean that is that that
0: (laughs) that is quite terrifying it is really terrifying and look i kind of i kind of love this film because i I think it has an, an amazing visual style as well i think the as i said the metaphors are super obvious but i think they're quite I think I think they're enjoyable to watch, and mm. another another performance that I really enjoyed in this film. He's not in it for very much, but it's like a blink and you miss it thing. But Donald donal Gleason in this film as like the, do you remember Dominal Gleason's in the film? He plays the son, one of the sons. Oh yeah, who are meant yeah, to yeah. be Cain and, and Abel, and Abel's sons. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember. I mean, he takes a left out of Movie Town and like doesn't come back, which I was a bit disappointed <laughs> with. But yeah, but like I really liked Mother, and like also maybe just because denialist in me just thought like i love the i love how this film just is like look at the end of the day humans are just fucking awful okay (laughs) there's no hope for humanity now no you all suck you're destroying the earth mother Mother nature nature. hates you we
1: can't we're destroying mother nature and we 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 can't really do anything to repair the damage we've done
0: yep and then there's a line that javier bardem has at the end of the film which is what uh, nothing is ever enough that's why i have to create i'm a creator nothing is ever enough What's the line he has at the end of the film? Oh, I can't remember. Mother was a while ago. Yeah. But I, I, I saw this twice in cinemas. Oh, I have really? no twice? idea. Th- this is one of those films that people would never want. Like, they see it once and never want to watch ever again. I yeah, saw this twice in the cinema. That's,
1: that's definitely a film for general audiences. <laughs> I'm so, which is why I'm surprised it got such a wide release. I mean, yeah, I'm so surprised. Ballsy. Like, this is
0: paramount. Because, Ma- maybe it was because, because... Here's probably what happened. After the kind of success of noah even though that film is kind of terrible yeah i guess paramount were like oh let's we're, let's give him another like film Aronofsky and then they were like up. what is
1: this he, he seems pro- popular enough to give his film a wide
0: release. what's this yeah. um there seems to be one for uh best original score that has oh, came up and the shape of water has came up for that that is a very interesting one good time should have been nominated for that but yeah, that's I I cannot really remember the score for The Shape of Water, which I will be talking about in a moment. Well, unfortunately, but, I haven't seen Shape of Water. So well, it's judge. it. Has, all right. Well, so Mother, look, divisive film. Watch it and see for yourself. if Yeah, you like just it judge or not. for yourself. You'll love really. it or you'll hate it.
1: Or if surprisingly, you could be kind of neutral
0: on it. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it well, oh, with the fan film fan culture these days it's impossible for anyone to think a film is just okay yeah it seems to it's be. either the best or the worst thing in the world anyway number eleven, the best superhero film in the world in, in the world of the year it was logan it it just no, no, nothing even came close logan it was the superhero film that I wanted, the superhero film that I needed, mm-hmm. and the superhero film that we all deserved and you know why it was because it wasn't a superhero movie at all.
1: Well, for a superhero film, it's a lot more mature. It's like, so, so much more mature.
0: That. It's it's weirdly grounded in reality, which is weird to say about a movie yeah. with a guy with you know metal claws sticking out of his bloody knuckles and a bunch of mutants yeah. and a dude with a robot hand <laughs> and a dude that can have you know my, ha, can has, uh, can psychic has psychic powers that can fucking make the world stop whenever he has a seizure. Which those scenes, oh my goodness especially when they like they're in like a Vegas casino. Yeah. yeah and that was, they're that in there. <laughs> oh, that scene is so good.
1: I mean, this film is technically quite uh, impressive, really. It
0: really is. And look, James Mangold as well. He's a really great director. He's made a whole bunch of different films what else of a different he made? genre. He has made Girl Interrupted. He did oh. Walk the Line. He did oh, a, he way did way. a guilty pleasure film of mine Night and Day with Tom Cruise and Cameron oh. Diaz. <laughs> That 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 film's bad, but it's a guilty pleasure for me. But and and he also did the Wolverine film, the when, the J- Wolverine in Japan. He did that one as well. Oh yeah. So he's actually a really really great director. Like Wolverine just kind of fell fell the fell apart in the last twenty minutes. But mm-hmm. apart from that, it was quite a solid film. But Logan just improves on it so much more. Yeah, it's, I would say Logan. It's almost better. as if it's a western this film too.
1: Yeah, I like, I see a lot of people make, uh, during comparisons to this, uh, mm. being sort of like a Western... I mean, they make a lot of references to the film Shane. Yeah, they Logan.
0: do. Even to the point where they've been watching Shane as yeah, well.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they even quote Shane, I think. Do they? I'm pretty sure the girl quotes Shane. Oh, okay. That's... Oh, I can't remember too well, because Logan's ages ago. But I can remember watching... Her watching Shane so, on the telly, and then her saying uh a line from Shane later in the like near the end. So you haven't rewatched this? No, I haven't rewatched. Oh,
0: okay. Do you ever rewatch movies? Uh only the ones I really like. Oh, okay. Because a lot many of these films I've rewatched or seen at least uh, well at least once, uh, a couple of them I've seen twice. Um I and this is one of them that I've seen twice and I've got it on Blu-ray and I've got a steel I've got the steelbook Blu-ray which came with Logan Noir. Have which you is, seen it I have not seen it in noir, and I really want to now. some
1: people prefer it in noir, which is interesting. Well, which is,
0: transfer. yeah, I know because well, wh- I really liked um, Mad Max: Fury Road, Black and Chrome. I yeah, thought that was really, really awesome. I haven't what seen they're...
1: it, but I get, I, I, don't think it'd be better
0: considering. I, like, I, the, I don't, I don't the think, the think it emphasis, was better, but it kind of just. I guess it looked cool at least. Yeah, it, it did does look, nice. look
1: quite um cool, but um yeah, just, just the the whole use of color would be kind of thrown out the window. Mm-hmm. In and, a Fury Road
0: Chrome edition. And also, just with this film as well, this is the perfect send-off for the Wolverine character and Hugh Jackman playing mm-hmm. Wolverine. And as good as a send-off as it was, it was a fantastic introduction to X-23 and Daphne Keane as X-23. Oh, yeah.
1: Aren't they going to make a film based of her or is it a series? Are they? I'm not sure. I heard something about a series or a film. Maybe it, I'm just dreaming. Either
0: or, that could be awesome. Because, yeah, she's... Really fantastic, and Patrick Stewart as well in this film. Oh too. yeah, Patrick Stewart was great. He's great.
1: I like Patrick Stewart in this. Mm.
0: So yeah, Logan. It's a bittersweet send off for Wolverine, and I also loved that you know because James Mangold he made a film about Johnny Cash. Yeah, he made Walk the Line, a film about Johnny Cash, and I love that this film uh, ended in the end credits with the when the oh, man yeah. com- the man comes <laughs> around. It was a perfect perfect way to send off Wolverine. Mm. Yeah, so Logan. Number 11, just missed out in the top 10, but such a great film.
1: Yeah, I thought it was fine.
0: All right. And that is the end of part one. Thank you, everyone, for listening in today. Please stay tuned for, for part two, where I will talk about the films that were ranked from 10 to 1, coming very, very shortly. Thank you so much for listening, and please f- follow our social media. Please please subscribe to this on iTunes. Please follow on SoundCloud and like on SoundCloud and give a five-star rating and give us a nice review on iTunes if you can. That would be very, very much appreciated. Follow us on on Instagram at Another Bloody Movie Pod. You can follow us on Twitter at AB Movie You can fo- you can like our Facebook page, which is Another Body Movie Podcast. You can follow my Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Sean Hub underscore. That is S E A N H U B underscore. You can also follow me on Letterbox to my Letterboxd account at letterbox.com slash Sean Coates. That is L E T T E R B O X D dot com forward slash Sean Coates no spaces no capitals and you can also follow me on Stardust I'm at Sean Coates with a capital S and a capital C with no spaces Stardust is a really really awesome new uh, format for sh- very short film reaction reactions to film and television shows it's a really awesome format please follow me over there and I'll follow you back I love putting reactions up on there and thanks very much for listening to this guys stay tuned for part two and we'll see you then